You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome once again to the Oz Network as we continue on our rewatch of Nip Tuck, one of the greatest TV shows ever made. We are still in the second season and we're into the fourth episode entitled Mrs. Grubman. And you automatically know it's going to be a good episode when there's an episode called Mrs. Grubman. My name is Ben, and sweetie, I think you need contacts. You must be legally blind not to realise how good my skin is looking these days. And my name's Nick, and I do not want to go out wearing miniskirts. Not now, not this season. <laughs> I thought you looked great in miniskirts, Nick, when I was with you. I, I never told you that. Um, <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Appreciate that. It's, it's, it, just, it really suits you. So good on you yeah. for that, Nick. Good on you. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're plugging along. We're into this second season, a season that you and I both get very excited over. And as I said, you automatically know by seeing the name of this episode, it's going to be good, right? Yeah, well, I think this is one of those great episodes that kind of mixes the, the, the fun with the serious in a really good way. Um, you know, and any time you get Mrs. Grubman is going to be great. And uh, she obviously goes on a bit of a journey in this episode that, that's really worth talking about. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's, it's interesting actually kind of going into this. I think I said this with some of the other episodes this season too, is that stuff that happens in this episode, I didn't realise it was this episode um, because, like, this seems like this is an episode with a lot going on, and that's not necessarily like it's not one of these ones that's, that's a bad thing because I think everything gels into it so well. But um, yeah, it, it just it intrigued me to think that there was like little things in this one that really I just completely forgot about. I don't know if you kind of went into this remembering everything that happened, or there were moments in this too that you were like, "Holy crap, that's in this episode." Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, it's been a while since I watched this, and I think I've said that so many times now that people will remember that. But yeah, it, there's definitely things that kind of jump out at me. It's like, oh, that's right, I've forgotten about that. And um, the kind of Mrs. Grubman thing that happens in this episode kind of crept up on me. I had forgotten that that was kind of where we were going here. So it was actually um, a really nice surprise. I mean, not for her, not for her, but you know, for, in terms of the storyline, it was a it was a good surprise and you know definitely worth watching and it's one of those shows where you know i know the general outline really well but you know the actual the details that happen episode to episode have kind of been lost on me over the years and so you're getting these nice little surprises and it's it's good that it's you know it comes back and it's fresh the second time around and you still really enjoy it well this episode first aired on july the 13th 2004 should mention that and uh Look, let's not even beat around the bush. Let's get straight into this episode because, Nick, who is it? It's Annie! Ah, uh, she's back! Yeah, it's, a, it's an Annie heavy episode. It's, um, yes. Yeah. It's a heavy flow of Annie, you might say. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the great Annie episode, period. <laughs> yeah, we went there, people. Um, I mean, this, I think we've got more Annie in this episode than we've done in so far every single episode of Nip Tuck combined. Uh, so, <laughs> this is why this episode is so awesome because finally. Annie is the star, and it's straight away Annie in the bath, which is probably not a good thing to get excited about because she's only eight, but it's still Annie. Uh, <laughs> she's not eight anymore, people, all right, but she's in this episode. Calm down. Um, there's Julia giving Annie a bath and discovers uh, in her underwear there's a bit of uh, blood spotting. Um, I, like, we're, I like Annie. Oh, uh, uh, it's a mosquito bite. <laughs> so how did the mosquito get into your underwear? <laughs> what does she say? Like, oh, I, I forgot. Uh, and I mean, we've talked, we have talked a lot, you know, all, all jokes aside about Kelsey Battle. And, uh, I mean, I just think, again, she's a great actress for, for eight years old. She's not one of these annoying little shit children's actors who you just think are terrible. I think she does such a good job. And like, just opening scene, like, here she is 
you know, scared and terrified to tell her parents about, you know, the fact she's got blood in her underwear. I mean, I can't imagine for any young girl at any age, whenever that starts, kind of, if you're not knowledgeable about how terrifying that must be. So, I, I, yeah, just props here straight away to Kelsey for, I guess, the way she handles these scenes. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's one of those awkward scenes that you know, these these two uh, grown men talking about this. It's probably not we're not going to have great insight here, really. Um, you know, it, it's and there's a lot of that happens in Nip Tuck as we go along. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a great, a great, you know, well acted scene as, as you say. And whenever you get some scenes with Annie, I think it's always going to be fun. And well, maybe not fun's the right word, but you know, it's it's interesting. And you you enjoy watching her act, which is you know, pretty amazing. Like as you say, she's like eight or whatever. So yeah, it, it's it's a great way to kick off this episode. And um, you know, I mean, I'm always a little bit critical that we kind of get Annie when it's valuable, and then she disappears again. But <laughs> you know, let's just make the most of it while she is there. Yeah, exactly. Because clearly, she's convenient this week. Um, whereas yep. next week she'll be forgotten about while her parents are having sex and wanting her to go to college, uh, which, again, as we've yep. already established this season, doesn't really matter for much. Uh, but clearly, um, basically, this comes down to the fact that, hey, she's hitting puberty and she's eight. Again, based on what I've said a lot of the time about education in my life from Nip Tuck, this is a thing that I didn't realise was possible as well, that you can hit puberty at that age. And, look, again, maybe there is a bit of creative licensing here from Ryan Murphy. I don't know. I still haven't hit puberty and I'm 30, so look, I'm waiting for it to happen one day. Um, but yeah, maybe it does happen when you're eight. But we we cut here to lunchtime lipo with a cheerleader wanting a scholarship. Uh, I'm just devastated we only get to see her kind of passed out on a bed. We don't get to see more, you know, where, where's the cheerleaders? We had great cheerleaders in season one. Um, where's Kate Mara? Nick, what's happened to her? Yeah, we've got a bit of an ongoing theme here with cheerleaders, haven't we? And um, yeah, it's it's not as fun as last time, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I do kind of like the what Liz's line here when they're doing the liposuction. Uh, you know, she's talking about lunchtime lipo, and then she's like, "Oh, let's start, you know, giving lipo to those chubby newborns." And then it's kind of Christian and Sean just say nothing. And it's like, oh, it looks like someone stole your newborn. And Christian, well, they're certainly trying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We obviously, uh, you know, based on the last episode, of course, where, uh, you know, Gina's shown up with with uh, Chris, uh, Christian's dad, Wilbur's dad. Uh, he's still obviously a bit shocked from that. We also uh, learn about Annie hitting puberty, Christian saying that she's too young, and the fact that they've, you know, gone to Dr. Google. Uh, even doctors use Dr. Google people uh, to find out that hormones apparently help young kids hit puberty uh, a lot further on. I mean, again, is it? I, look, I didn't Google this. You have, I don't know. Maybe you know the ins and outs of puberty, Nick. I wouldn't have a clue. But is this actually a thing? Can you hit puberty at eight? Or is this just, yeah, Ryan Murphy just getting a little bit fancy here? Yeah, again, we're we're talking to the wrong person here. Uh, it's not something I've. I've <laughs> when did you start your period, until... Nick? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I started wearing mini skirts. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm not really the right person to to be talking about this, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, Sean kind of alludes to you know hormones and the chicken and 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 um, milk and stuff like that in this episode. So it feels like a little bit of um, kind of pseudo scientific bullshit if you ask me but um you know i think it kind of works for the episode really there's a few there's a few times in this episode where you know you have to think about you know sean supposedly this great doctor and um he, he does come off looking a bit stupid at times um 
you know, for somebody that's supposed to be a good doctor. But anyway, let's let's not get into that too much. Got, got to say, this is probably the least Sean episode we've had. I really feel there's not a whole lot of Sean in this episode. So um, I don't know if you kind of paid attention to that, but I feel we were very light on uh, the Dylan Walsh. Yeah, definitely, and uh, I think that's what's great about this this show is that it can kind of you know, go between different characters quite seamlessly, and you really don't you don't notice it until you're sort of thinking later. It's like, oh, there wasn't much of Sean in that episode. There wasn't much of Matt in this episode, you know, and you don't kind of notice it. They can kind of come and go, and you don't really feel their that they're missing but you enjoy them when they're there which is kind of a weird thing to say but i guess like this feels like a really nice ensemble cast really and and everybody fits in and does their job really well can i just say i've used dr google right now i've googled youngest age for puberty and it comes up here with an article from precocious puberty kidshealth.org says puberty is when kids develop physically and emotionally into young men and women usually this starts to happen in adolescence no earlier than about seven to eight of years of age in girls, the average age is about 10, and nine years of age for boys, the average age is about 11. So, well, look, according to kidshealth.org, precocious puberty, this is true. So, Ryan Murphy was onto something. And there's a, there's an also a headline here, can I just say, from dailymail.co.uk in 2008, the girls who started going through puberty at three! <laughs> Mm, yeah, this is all a bit weird. Yeah, look, I'm saying it right now. I'm calling bullshit on that. Dailymail.co.uk generally goes along quite well with the word bullshit. So, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> wow. Yes, I'm seeing a lot of three-year-olds, you know, walking into their local chemist buying tampons. Um, anyway, don't start on tampons, Ben. I don't even know what they are, really. Um, but we... <laughs> Wait, where's this episode going? Uh, this is why Nick should host it more often than I should. Uh, we get the, the, the lipo, the, what is it, the fat stuff getting poured into. That's just gross. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a bit off. Yeah, didn't enjoy that. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of, I feel, like, clever editing in this episode, you know, when we get the, uh, oh, we'll get to it, sort of the, the, the blood nose mixed with the beans and then the tampon coming from one end and going in the other. Like, it's clever. Um, that sounded really wrong. But we, we see Susan's back, your favourite, our favourite. Susan's back. Um, we're about to have, apparently, a little Princess Menzies party. This is what you do when an eight-year-old hits puberty. Um, you know, Susan's being Susan. She's talking about um, uh, Julia's tranny buddy. Um, just sure. Um, and then, yeah, the line, I had is to... It, is, it, is, it, is it really, though? Is this really something that you do when when, when girls... Yeah, well, look, when periods? I had my first period, my parents held this for me. And, um, <laughs> look, I was very honoured uh, to be Princess Menzies for the day. Look, I don't know. This, to me, this is very American. This I would not put this past an American family to do this, particularly someone like Susan, because... I don't know. Like to me, it's 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 very American to kind of get your children and you know turns. I mean, look, I think in a way it's kind of clever, but it's also I don't know. Maybe it's a thing because so many eight year olds are doing it. Again, maybe it's a Florida thing. <laughs> but I guess if an eight year old has to face this massive life change, um, you know, because you're not doing this to a you know a thirteen year old girl, are you? So yeah. Uh, <laughs> clearly not this New is, Zealand. I, I, I have to admit, Ben, this conversation is making me uncomfortable. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you for tuning to the Oz Network. Two grown men talking about periods. Uh, yep, this is a <laughs> this is a thing. Uh, we're, we're feminists here, apparently, on the show. I don't know even what that means, Ben. Don't start. Um, but 
Basically, Susan's talking about this and then, uh, you know, her great line about her skin looking so amazing because, you know, she's gotten rid of the hormones because her daughter... What's her, what's her daughter called? Did, I forgot her name. Do you remember? Oh, pass. Yeah, pass. pass. <laughs> I've never, I've never been, been a big one for the detail. Yeah, <laughs> Susan's daughter uh, obviously is similar to, to Annie. So she's said that they've cut out all the hormones. Her skin's looking amazing. You know, it's healthy. And, of course, Julia being ever miss gullible, is that the correct word? She always... Goes on the trends, doesn't she? So, you know, this is going to lead to to her doing it. Um, I mean, look, I don't know if you've really got anything to add on Susan here, Nick. I mean, again, this is kind of making us uncomfortable talking about this, but you love Susan. Let's talk about Susan. How good is it to see her back? Um, that's Suzanne, right? Oh, look. Suzanne, Susan. Um, is, see, I do pay attention to the is details. It, is, it, is, it, is, this, is it actually Suzanne, or is it one of these ones that you can pronounce it Susan or Suzanne? Like, what, what's going on here? Oh, I don't know. I've, I, I've always taken it as being Suzanne, but I, I could be wrong about that. But um, Oh, look, yeah, it probably I mean, is. I've, You're right. I'm wrong. It's all right. <laughs> I just looked it she's, up. <laughs> um, she, she's a fun little foil. That's what I really like about her is that she's, you know, she, you kind of, you should really hate her because she's just, you know, she's unlikable, but she's so, like, one tone, you know, one dimensional that you really don't care. It's not like it's a um, an Erica where you're really invested in this, you know, this character and they really mean something on the show. It's just somebody that comes in to basically piss Julia off for half an episode and then she's gone again. So I always think she's quite funny. She's just like, you know, is really snarky and you know, there isn't a lot of that on on the show. Really, it, it's kind of like these these guys are kind of quite bra- you know, bravado and all that kind of stuff, but they're not really kind of snarky. So she brings that that you know you don't really get with anybody else. Yeah, yeah, Su- and you're right, Suzanne, Suzanne Epstein, and just looking here, the actress uh, Nancy Cassaro, she's had a bit of the Nip Tuck curse, it seems here, Nick, because post Nip Tuck. She only went on to be in a TV series called Clubhouse, where she played Gwen for three episodes. She was in oh, cool. a, a film, Running With Scissors, and then she was in the TV show Dirt back in 2008. So, at the time of recording this, she hasn't acted in anything for nine years. Right, okay. Oh, well, she's given it up. Mm, but she, I mean, she was in a lot beforehand, though, having said that, uh, in a lot of things. So, maybe she just, yeah, she just retired, because she's basically been acting uh, since the early 90s. She was in Goodfellas. There you go. That was her very first acting role. And wow. How about that? Went That's on crazy. to a lot of things here. So, um, yeah. Okay. She just obviously gave up. Nip Tuck was a peak after after uh, Goodfellas. So, yeah. there okay. you well, go. There you go, Suzanne. Good job. I'll get your name right. Um, but then we go back to uh, McNamara Troy, and it's Mrs. Grubman's back. I love the, the line, tell me what you don't like about yourself today. <laughs> yeah 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 no it's really good and um you know this is this is a character that i never get sick of seeing i think she's she's really fun and again she's kind of like just like this little foil for them and you never really take her threats all that seriously she's just a bit of fun really and i, I really enjoy what we get in this episode from mrs grubman it's pretty you know it's sad and it's difficult to watch but it's also a lot of fun and you know, her lines are always just really good, and um, as long as you don't steal it, I'm, I'm planning to use another one to close out this episode. Um, you know, because I think she's just she's just really good. Um, and obviously, we get a little bit of the the kind of emotion here that you know, like your daughter's got cancer and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, how much do you kind of buy into it that you know she's using the the daughter for the the, the sympathy vote, oh. or you know, do you think she actually does feel bad about no, it? No, I think she's using it completely for the sympathy vote. Um, because kind of we get that line later on, don't we, from a daughter that says like, oh, you know, 
uh, cancer is just a, what an excuse to put me back onto a to-do list or something like that, which is kind of, it's kind of, I, I mean, look, I love Mrs. Grubman, but you, you definitely feel like she's going to use this to, to get a, get ahead. Um, you know, even, even when she's kind of going to the point like, you know, I spoiled her rotten, but clearly, you know, her daughter kind of has differing opinions to it. So yeah, off, off for sure. I definitely think she's using it to her advantage. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like, obviously she's there to get her knees done. Why not? Um, and, uh, she's had 10 procedures in the last six months. Cause of course this goes back to the fact that she's basically getting free surgeries after Sean left the, uh, the quarterly tip in her in the last season. And, uh, that gets brought up again because, uh, Sean and Christian are basically like, this is your intervention. You've got an addiction to plastic surgery. She threatens to sue them, but then they turn it around on her for once, don't they? They basically say, well, look, we've got the book here. You know, we can, we can go to society magazines and show how many of these crazy surgeries you had. And as you mentioned, she kind of used, um, daughter's got cancer, sadly, uses it there. Uh, and then they, they lock her in. Now she says, I'm 45. Uh, yeah, she's not. Um, yeah, yeah. The the one thing that I took out of all of this, they when Sean says, "How's Thursday at seven? Now I'm asking the question here: Is this seven a.m. or seven p.m.? Who gets knee surgery at seven a.m. or seven p.m.? Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I um, I kind of think it's got to be seven a.m. Right? I would assume so because we had um, was it the Merrill episode when Christian kind of leaves? Says I've got surgery, and then he says, "Oh, nobody has surgery at like whatever time that was at night." And then was it Sean saying he worked like twelve-hour days or something like that? So, you know, let's hypothetically say they start at six and finish at six. You know, I, I yeah, I couldn't imagine seven o'clock surgeries at night, surely. Yeah, no, you wouldn't think so. Which which then begs the question: when later on we see this surgery happening, and they've got to take it to the uh, the emergency room. Uh, and they're waiting for her in the hospital. How many of their other surgeries do they have to put off because, like, the doctors yeah, have gone right. off? Yeah. Um, yeah, they've had to cancel everything for the day. We're really analysing this, <laughs> really nitpicking at the uh, surgery uh, surgery scenes here in uh, Nip Tuck. Uh, we, we cut back now. We see James is back, uh, Wilbur's father. Uh, Christian's by himself treading on little dinosaur toys, but uh, James knocks on the door, and basically we find out that he's there to help out Christian because uh, Gina's had 292 sexual partners in the last three years. Got to say, Gina, a bit slow. Uh, I've had that many in the last six months. Uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, we can wish. Your hand doesn't count. Well, look, I don't have 292 hands, but um, <laughs> 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 maybe it's more realistic that I've had 292 partners over hands. Uh, <laughs> depends what you count as sexual partners, Nick. <laughs> it doesn't have to be human. Uh, don't this, go there, man. <laughs> yeah, you started it. I really did. Uh, this is what happens when you get grown men talking about periods. They just lose their minds and start talking shit. Um, yeah. I, do, I, I do like him kind of how he's explaining here, like, you know, after 39 years of marriage, um, you know, I don't want to go home and explain to my wife that I had a one-night stand and had another child. But having said that, like, he's a, he's a bit of mind-changing James, isn't he? Because, you know, we know what happens at the end of the episode. Uh, you know, so I don't know. We, we've gone over a little bit of James... Uh, do, do you like him? And this episode is kind of, I guess, his time to really shine in a way. I mean, I actually do really like him. I like this. I like this actor, and I like the cadence of his voice. I think it kind of works really well. Um, I really like the scenes between him and Christian. I think they work together really well. And I think probably one of the things that is is becoming quite a theme is is that Julie McMahon can can act with anybody. Basically, yeah. you know, like 
he's he's somebody that just creates great dialogue with just about every person he acts with on the show and you know that kind of comes through here really strongly uh, you know i think probably the thing with james is because he's kind of quite soft-spoken and you know like he's very measured in what he says is that you probably don't get the kind of angst and emotion from him about he's obviously having to make quite a difficult decision here um and you know he, he's finding it hard to make that decision but you probably don't get it because you don't see it in his face he's you know he's kind of quite quite level in his expressions and things like that so yeah whereas somebody like sean and christian like when they're facing these difficult things it's written all over their face and he's a little bit different in that regard i think so that's probably what I'm seeing I really like what he's bringing here and obviously he's going to be somebody that we come back to quite a bit over the course of the series so yeah I, I do really enjoy him good 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 way of explaining it I, I I do like him as I think I mentioned in the last episode just uh this episode just I always forget how quickly he goes to changing his mind but good good way of, of, of putting that with the decisions I think we mentioned last time we saw him George Stamp Brown is the name of the actor um he's still kicking too just uh he's not dead just in case you were wondering at least when we're recording this he might have died like in the meantime but uh he was alive when we were recording this episode let's point that out i do like it when he says um about getting character witnesses and he says oh you got a got a disturbing story about a knife a blonde lady (laughs) it's like yeah kimber (laughs) yeah yeah no, it's really well done, eh? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're back to Annie. Yay! We're at the uh, Princess Menzies Club uh, event, whatever you want to call it. Suzanne, um, basically, uh, you know, having this party with all these... Well, Annie's friends. See, Annie's popular. She's got a lot of friends. Just her parents yeah. don't love her, so... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where she is. She's always out at a friend's house. Maybe. She's just the most popular eight-year-old in all of Miami. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it's maybe Julian and Sean aren't bad parents. They've just got a very popular daughter. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why she ends up going to eat hair later on. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> that is a weird storyline. Do you remember that storyline? <laughs> <laughs> Vaguely, I look forward to, uh, to touching on that one when we get there. Everybody's hanging out now for the hair-eating story. Just, let's be honest, Annie's storylines are awesome because it's kind of like random one-arc storyline of the season for Annie. You know, it's not like hashtag poor Matt, what can keep going wrong for Matt? It's like hashtag where's Annie? Oh, here she is, she's eating hair! Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah, God. It's weird. Yeah. Let's skip ahead to that episode right now. Uh, Sean shows up. Uh, Suzanne's not too happy about this. And this basically goes on to Suzanne telling all these little girls a porn story. Uh, <laughs> like, what was the point of that? Like, is, is that sex education? Uh, I need Suzanne teaching me more about sex education. <laughs> like, well, I- it, it, is, it, is, it is really weird. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I don't really know what to say other than that I, I do really like how we kind of intercut this whole story with Kimber getting ready to go on a <laughs> oh, date yeah. with Christian or whatever she's doing. You know, and that's what kind of sells the scene. If the scene hadn't had that, it would have been totally awkward and weird, and it is still pretty awkward and weird. But, you know, I think, you know, the, the, having kind of Kimber as part of this makes it makes it okay, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about, like, the, the, the clever editing this episode. It also comes down to, yeah, this scene, like, telling this story about the big bad wolf and a princess and uh, into, into cutting with sort of Kimber getting ready and, you know, telling this story about, you know, the wolf, which is obviously meant to be Christian. And, yeah, it's, it's very well done uh, how that is. And it kind of we get a little bit of that later on. Um, but, yeah, just the way Sean and Julia jump in. As you say, like, the princess felt a hard bulge. <laughs> They're just like, oh, ah, yeah. ah, and they, they, they all played Monopoly and lived happily ever after. Uh, yeah. 
it's just it's so awkward, eh? Like, and I guess it's well it's well acted because you want it to be that way. But yeah, it just it it, it makes for awkward viewing. Even when you watch it on your own, you're like, oh, this is just weird, yeah, you know? Yeah. And little Annie, oh, why are you fighting? Yeah, poor Annie. Her parents are always fighting. No wonder she's off with her popular friends all the time. Um, but we're back at lunch. Here's Kimber showing up with Christian, um, and yeah, it's it's like a really interesting scene uh you know you feel really feel for kim but don't you she's you know talking about being an actress we find out that you know her and meryl obviously broke up i mean clearly meryl's you know bankrupt and we'll get to him later in this season um but you know she's scoffing down food uh she's basically you know saying like oh it's gonna take a goddamn miracle for me to get on your side then we get Christian talking about how much he loves his son. And then, obviously, poor Kimber, you know, still madly in love with Christian. It's just basically like, you know, why couldn't you love me? I could still, you know, be your wife, basically. I can live with you. I can be your maid. Um, you know, can you not try and love me again? And Christian's just like, no. Um, and then we get this scene of her in the bathroom, you know, doing anything to get some cocaine. And great song in the background. I, I haven't got that written down, but I actually do have that song. I need to find the name of that for people if you want to know what that is. Um... And basically, she comes back out. Uh, she's pissed off at Christian. Says, "I'm definitely going to testify against you," but her nose is bleeding. Um, and we'll later get to that. I mean, great cut into the beans. But uh, yeah, I enjoy this scene because you know we haven't seen Kimber in a little bit, have we? And uh, you know, you, she's really definitely fallen on uh, some hard times. I kind of like how um, they kind of dress her up, and she still looks amazing as oh, she, she always does. does. But just like, like, kind of just the little details, like you know, she's got like pretty serious kind of regrowth coming through with her hair and things like that. So she just kind of looks, you know, like a haggard version of, of Kimber. And you know, I think they do a really good job of kind of selling that, um, so that you you do kind of feel for it because this could be an easy scene where you kind of you turn on Kimber. You know, she's just this kind of druggy, and you know. You don't really, you know, don't really kind of side with her, but yeah, and that whole thing I think where he comes out and he's talking about, you know, that you know he loves Wilbur and she's saying why can't you love me like that? And it's like, well, you're talking about his son as opposed to you, you know, and she doesn't kind of see the differences there, and you and you do pity her, and it is a really kind of sad scene to be honest. Um, but yeah, obviously this kind of strikes up a bit of a deal that you know if, if he fixes her nose, then she won't testify, and you know good on christian for finding a way to make this work for him i guess i do kind of wonder like how, how does this work like when does he go in and do surgery on her like what's what's sean's kind of reaction to this kind of stuff mm. yeah and again it, they always just seem to be able to find some spare time to do these surgeries Wasn't in the very first episode of the very first season they're like booked solid for six months um so yeah that's right yeah yeah you know, always find time for their friends <laughs> to basically yeah. get bumped in. But uh, the song is yeah. uh, Cosmopolitan's Trifactor Remix by Erin uh, McEwen. for those at home. Good song. Just thought I'd uh, point that out. But, uh, yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to Kimba. She's still more of her in uh, this uh, episode and more to come in Nip Tuck. Don't, don't think she's ever going away because she's obviously a major character pretty much. Uh, but, yeah, I love the way they cut to the beans. Um, what is it? Yudoki beans? Yudoki beans or something? Um, and this is, yeah, Julia going back to Suzanne's, you know, oh, cut out the hormones, so it's, let's eat this crap, um, and then Sean takes the first bite, and then Matt just basically, he's Matt, we haven't seen him in a bit, hello, Matt, uh, you know, I'm eating a grilled cheese sandwich, who wants one? I shouldn't have to eat dog food, because you're worried about little princess pubes here. I do love that line. But, yeah, Matt turns into a bit of a yeah. bastard, does he not, at this point? You know, don't wear white pants, Becky Bullseye. 
Um. Well, this is kind of like, you know, that last moment where he's kind of like a bit of a, a dick teenager because, you know, this is obviously kind of leading into the big storyline that is, kind of happens from that. And he's never really the same again after this, you know. It's no. kind of, he becomes this kind of adult uh, almost overnight. So it's kind of funny seeing these almost last minutes of him, you know, kind of just being a teenager. And we kind of don't see much of a, you know, a resolution. Because am I am I right that the last time we saw him was, you know, he's facing down the camera. Yeah. You know, did you have anything to do? No. You know, and then we're kind of just into these kind of jokey scenes with him. Next thing, he's, he's off doing what he's going to do next. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, it's just like a weird little scene of Matt, really. It, it kind of just doesn't really fit with the rest of who he is. Yeah. And uh, obviously, um, keep an eye out for that line when they mentioned about uh, he should go see Ava. Uh, yeah, because yeah. that's going to become a thing, uh, Matt seeing yeah. Ava. So that becomes a major storyline. But, yeah, definitely, I agree. And, like, I think it kind of, you know, this is... You, you don't even really need Matt in this scene in, in much aspects because, you know, this is kind of Matt's purpose in this entire episode. But I guess it is setting up the, the Ava situation. We need to get a reason why he goes to see Ava eventually. And it's kind of, as Julia says, like, well, he's been this way since the whole Henry situation. So we haven't seen that. Now we have. Um, so there we go. That's setting it up moving forward. Um, we also get a quick little cut of uh, of Annie. She's uh, going through the drawer to find a tampon. Uh, and then it cuts to Kimba with a tampon in her nose. Um, and kind of going back to what you were saying, yeah, basically she's uh, created a hole in her nasal cavity um, and has this uh, little interesting conversation with Christian, basically, yeah, about how hard her life is at the moment. She's got no money, she's got no insurance, and she's talking about acting, how Sharon Stone got discovered in the 30s, and I love the way that uh, Christian says, yeah, but Sharon Stone also had a nose. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he says, obviously, Prince Charming is here to help, so, yeah, he's going to basically fix her nose as long as she doesn't testify uh, against him. So, uh, there you go, and we get... From here, uh, I don't know if you have anything. Please cut in if you want anything to add there on the whole Kimber sequence. Or you kind of said what you needed to say about Kimber before. Yeah, I don't think there's really too much to add. This is just kind of like you know you're seeing Christian kind of um, come to his side of the of the arrangement. So um, you know we're kind of expecting Kimber's going to do the same. So that's really all there is to the scene. I, I think there's nothing really too much more here. So yeah, we can get into the the Mrs. Grubman stuff because I think that's the more interesting stuff to be talking about right at the moment. And uh, obviously some more Rolling Stones, one of your favourites, Nick, uh, Mother's Little yep. Helper. There, the song in the background. What a drag it is getting up. Oh, don't sing, Ben. Which is which is actually really interesting because I didn't really pick up on this the first time I watched it, but obviously it's got a bit of a double meaning, you know, because you've got, you know, obviously that line about, you know, it's a drag getting old, but we're obviously talking about Mother's Little Helper, and what we find out later is that, you know, the reason that she goes into cardiac arrest here and, and has the stroke is because she's taking antidepressants. Yeah. So, you know, she's actually taking Mother's Little Helpers, you know, <laughs> to kind of get through this. And, and, you know, I think that's a really clever little little musical choice here, which um, you may not actually pick up on the first time. No. I definitely agree. It is it is very clever, and that's also, I guess, the theme really, isn't it, of this episode? It's kind of the fears of getting old and uh, changes and things like that. Uh, you know, as we kind of go over a lot of these episodes, they have a theme, I guess, to it, and that's easily this one: changes that happen to you when you age from a very young age to a very old age. Uh, but yeah, Mrs. Grubman, she's having a knee surgery. We get this great conversation between uh, Sean, Christian, and Liz about kind of all these things that can kill you and basically are bad for you. 
Um, but yeah, sadly, Mrs. Grubman, in the middle of this, uh, she has uh, she has some issues. She goes into cardiac arrest. Uh, we get the great line from Christian, not going to die on me, you crazy bitch. Um, and then, yeah, cut to hospital. They've cleared out all their surgeries, as we've discussed. Uh, Kim has to wait a couple hours to get that hole fixed in her nose. Um, how, how does that work? Like, I can't imagine having a hole in your nose is something that is... Can't wait that too long, surely. Like, oh, it's okay, Kim, but just come back tomorrow at seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a little bit weird, eh? Yeah. But, you know, it, it, I actually find this whole scene with Mrs. Grubman, like, it's actually quite tense because this is somebody that we that we know a little bit. You know, it's not yeah. just this one-off character. It's somebody that we've seen a few times and you think, oh, shit, this this has got real ramifications. And so when she's kind of going into cardiac arrest, it's it's full on. It's it's pretty serious stuff. Because and, cause she's yeah, one of I those mean, car- characters, isn't it, where it's kind of like, look, she's a, a major character enough that you know her, as you were saying, but it's also she's not major enough that they can easily kill her off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does feel like the stakes are a little bit real here, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, she's basically yeah back in hospital uh, in the emergency room. We meet Claire, her daughter, who's obviously not too happy with the doctors and you know threatening to sue. It's obviously a, a family trait of the Grubmans. Let's sue everyone. Um, but we find out that it, yeah, it wasn't the Sean or Christian's fault. As you mentioned, uh, she had been taking antidepressants for the last month and not told the doctors, and that didn't react well with the anesthesia. So basically, it's caused her to have uh, paralysis. She will uh, struggle to uh, talk, I think they mentioned, and obviously we'll see that, obviously, from her um, very soon. But yeah, as I sort of mentioned before, Claire kind of mentions the whole... um, uh, she had to get cancer. Oh, I had to get cancer to be put back onto her to-do list. So, you know, we get a bit of an insight, really, into their mother-daughter relationship. And, I mean, we don't... This is all we see of a daughter, but, I mean, she's... Uh, she holds her own. I'm just looking here. The name of the actress here is uh, Ala Korot. Um, I actually thought at first, uh, when I kind of first saw her, and I... Look, I cannot remember the name of the character in Breaking Bad. Who's the woman in the last season who's kind of like the drug dealer woman? Oh. You know who I'm talking about? Yep, I know the one you mean. Um, yeah, it's going to annoy it's me It's not now, her, but I thought it was her at first. Um, she kind of looks a bit similar to her. Um, yeah, I'm glad you know who I'm talking about, but yeah, anyway, but I, I, I like, I like, it's kind of, you know, I guess you don't really need to see too much more of her, really, do we? But, uh, I, I think she holds her own and it's, you know, he's Mrs. Grubbin's child. Yeah, exactly. And I think she's, you know, it, it feels like a very re- kind of realistic, um, you know, daughter for Mrs. Grubman. You definitely believe that, eh? So, so yeah, I think that that's, um, it definitely feels real to me. And you kind of get everything you need from her in that scene. You don't really need too much more. So, yeah, no, I think that, I think it works pretty well, doesn't it? What, what happened to Mrs. Grubman's fiancé who wanted the ball lift or whatever it was? <laughs> like, this is kind of... Oh, Yeah. She's joined that uh, yeah. random psychologist woman, I can't remember her name, <laughs> just in the uh, invisibleness yeah. of Nip Tuck school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, these kind of people kind of come and go a little bit. The Nip Tuck Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Uh, back to Kimba. She's getting a nose fixed. Uh, what was the line that um, Liz says? A perfect 10 looks like 10 miles of bad road. And uh, Christian's line of time hasn't been good to Kimba, neither was I. Kind of sweet, um, but you know, there'll be more of that. Um, and then bad news, Nick, Annie's sick. Uh, we come back and here she is, poor little Annie. Um, I have to say, you're talking about like, uh, I guess, Kimber before being made to look like, um, you know, she was a bit ragging that. The the makeup effects are making uh, Kelsey Kelsey sick. Like Annie looks legitimately sick. Like that makeup work is really good. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it, it's really effective too. And um, it, it's kind of like uh, almost to the point, it's like, do you actually believe that somebody could get the sick from, you know, basically putting a tampon up themselves? Um, <laughs> I'm getting the know, wrong like a, person a, a, to ask. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, the, I, I think it is, it's really effective. Like, I, I think they do a really good job of this. And, and obviously we get these hospital scenes, which I was alluding to earlier, where Sean's kind of like asking all these like seemingly pretty dumb questions because like we've seen Sean like in a general hospital before where he just kind of wanders in and takes over. Um, and you know, but in this situation, it's his own daughter, and he doesn't seem to be able to kind of do anything. So it kind of just doesn't all quite flow naturally to me. Um, but yeah, I guess we can put that down to a little bit of shock, maybe on his part. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's not really a, ma- a major detail, but yeah, I do kind of think it's like, ugh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not, not. It's, yeah. it's interesting kind of just his storyline. I guess it means it's just the, hey, we're, uh, you know, two and a bit seasons into Nip Tuck and we haven't yet had much of an Annie storyline. So let's nearly kill her off, um, which, you know, again, I love Annie to bits, but let's be honest, it really would it have been that much of a shock because we never see her. Um, so it's kind of, we know the next episode they would have had a funeral, the next episode they would have moved on. So like... I, I feel horrible yeah, saying that because we love Annie. But, well, I mean, I know there's a scene in between these two bits. I'll go back to the scene that we're skipping over here. But, yeah, though, she's in hospital and we obviously, yeah, discovered that she's had a tampon inside of her the whole time and she's gone into, what, septic shock or, again, toxic shock. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I Yeah, I, I, we're the wrong people to ask this question. Again, maybe a female listener of ours, if we have any at this point of this episode, if you didn't tune out like half an hour ago when we were making period jokes. Um is this a thing? Like, I look, I'm just going to say this. Like, that creeps me out, that side of things. And, like, I don't get how you can put one in and just leave it there. Like, that's just, wow. That's, I, I commend women because as a man, I couldn't have anything in me for that amount of time. So, women, you are much better than men in that aspect. Um, but where am I going with this? Uh, my, my point is, it's like, I don't... Get- no, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think I get your point. Yeah. Maybe you should just chew on some ice chips and we'll move on. Yeah. Um, but um, well, one of the things I do really like is um, I don't know if you noticed it as well, but um, you know, did, did you think that doctor looked like John Oliver? Yeah. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, you know, probably we should really check that credit out because John Oliver was a bit of an actor. He was in um, The Love Guru. I don't know if you've ever seen that gem of a film. Um, but... Of course. How could, you, how could you miss that movie? It's um, so good. But, um, yeah, he does. He just looks like a, a young John Oliver. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure we want to get into the, the, the gory details of this whole thing. But, um, yeah, obviously it, it kind of sorts itself out. She, you know, has been scared into putting in tampons because she thinks she has to. And, and obviously this is going to give us a kind of creepy yet sweet kind of scene at the end of this whole episode where, you know, yeah. they get the birds and the bees talk and, you know, daddy puts his penis into mummy's vagina. And, it, yeah, it's like just like it's just so, so awkward. It's like, the creepiest way I've ever heard sex described. I just want to point that out there. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't sound natural. I want I want the wolf story. <laughs> Tell Suzanne to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, of course, like just being, being um, you know, overcut with the worst Kimber getting slammed by this, <laughs> this porn star. <laughs> yep. If kids ever want to see uh, <laughs> the way sex is described. Just, by the way, if, 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 if Kimber's really, um, you know, investing in this acting career, she needs to act a little bit harder. Yeah. She's <laughs> I'm not watching that porn because that is just the most bored porn actress <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. Uh, <laughs> 
aren't most guys watching porn to um, to get away from situations yeah. like that with their <laughs> girlfriend? Maybe, maybe there is like single guys who really are fantasizing about being in a monotonous relationship with a woman just laying there looking bored. So he's watching porn. <laughs> going, wow, Kimba! Wow, you really make me feel like I'm watching a wife. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I really anyway. don't know if we're being uh, incredibly sexist this episode, or like, I don't know. Look, I think I, I, I think what we're doing is we're we're covering our um, maybe awkwardness and yeah. ignorance uh, with a little bit of humour because that's really what we've got. You know, we don't actually have anything else. So. We don't know anything about periods. We're men, all right. We don't know. The best we do is we go to the supermarket and buy it for our girlfriends if they need it. That's it. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Men deliberately don't want to know. It's yes. not like we, you know, we just don't happen to know. It's like we actually just physically don't want to know. Like, so, yeah, well, this is really um, a, a poorly informed episode, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I feel like if two women are hosting a podcast and they're talking about wet dreams, like, they don't know what that is. So, like, it's yeah, yeah, not exactly. comparable. Yeah. And before we get messages in, I know they're not comparable. I'm not being horribly sexist. Like, just shut up, Ben. Um, but, yeah, basically, in the hospital... Annie's had a tampon because of Matt being a douche, and this has caused toxic shock. But that's all it basically has been in the end, um, because Matt scared her. So, hashtag douche Matt. Uh, <laughs> it's not poor Matt. It's douche Matt. Um, just back to the scene we had in between here, though. Uh, we got Christian back at home with James, and we meet his lawyer, Jeremy. Now, again, I just got to point this out. Uh, this actor, I don't know if you recognize him from anything, but this is Timothy Umundsen. I'm going to pronounce that incorrectly. Um, well known from, as I'm sure you are a huge Judging Amy fan, Nick, uh, when he played Sean in Judging Amy. I grew up with that show, watching it with my mum. Uh, and he's also in uh, 24. Again, we've established that you absolutely love 24. So, um, I guess, random appearance so by him. If we're talking about the Venn diagram between people who have acted in Nip Tuck and the people who have acted in 24, is there like a massive crossover? <laughs> or is it just that like everybody's been in 24? Um, I'm going to say everyone's been in 24, probably. (laughs) I think between 24 and Lost, every actor has appeared in both those shows. Right, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're an Australian actor, you've been in Home and Away or Neighbours. It's a staple. You have to be. And I'm sure New Zealand actors have to be in Shortland Street, so... <laughs> Maybe not. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, but we we class them as actors only in the sense that they are being paid to act. Yeah. Like they they actually can't act. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, they just look pretty. That's basically what happens. But yeah, so uh, we get this uh, line with Christian and Jeremy. Whereas I'm going to bring this bitch to her knees, which just happens to be her favourite position. Um, what does what does James say? Like, oh, are you going to raise him to think that his mother's nothing more than a whore? Um, weren't you the one who came to him basically saying she's had 292 sexual partners? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably a, a little bit of the, the kind of the other side of James is that he is a little bit... Um, uh, judgmental is probably not the right word, but you know he's on a he's on a bit of a high horse here, and um, you know he does seem to think he's kind of a little bit above it all. Um, which, considering the 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 situation he's finding himself in, is kind of ironic, really, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then we obviously get uh, James wants. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Wilbur baptized. Um, so that's going to play a little bit into it. Um, where are we? Uh, we get a bit of a scene here, too, after that. Uh, Mrs. Grubman, she's... Uh, look, how much time has passed here? Because they said before that she wouldn't be able to walk for, I think they said, two months. 
and now she's already in ther- like physical therapy, being taught how to walk again. I again, is this just this weird timeline that Nip Tuck seems to forget about? Because again, no doctor here, but I would assume having the you know stroking out on the table or whatever happened to her that she's already in physical therapy like a couple of days later. I kind of call bullshit on that. Yeah, maybe she's just a real trooper. Who knows? <laughs> It's just, I, I think it's just it's convenient editing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, in all seriousness, though, it's a it's a sweet little scene. You know, Christian's there, obviously. You know, talking to her about it, and uh, she says that she's lost the the race against time, and um, you know, talking about his child and saying that oh, your your face looks like a little kid every time you say his name, and um, she asks if he can do surgery to fix a face. Obviously, you know, she can't get it fixed, and then. One more surgery, um, yeah, to do a daughter's uh, reconstruction for. Uh, it's a sweet scene. I think we, I think we established this last season with Christian and, and Mrs. Grubman that, you know, they've got they've got this great chemistry between the two actors, but also it's just it's always sweet, isn't it? That they always ends up kind of this nice little moment between the two, even though like they're at each other's throats for a lot of the time. Yeah, well, I guess this is kind of going back to what I talked about earlier that, you know, Julian McMahon just brings it out of everybody. Eh? I mean, everybody just acts so well against him. And, you know, it's 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 pretty awesome. And, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked the scenes between the two of them. Um, they, they kind of just, yeah, they, they get the better of each other and, and it's good fun to watch, really. So, yeah, uh, for me, this is this is quite hard to watch, really, because, you know, we've seen Mrs. Grubman and, and this kind of aggressive mode the entire show and suddenly she's kind of been humbled and, and brought to her knees a little bit. And, you know, it, it is hard to watch. And, um, yeah, I mean... I think it's kind of a fitting kind of way to almost send off Mrs. Grubman. I mean, do, do you know off the top of your head if we see her again? Oh, we I do. Actually yeah, remember. absolutely, we do. Okay. You will, okay. And when we so get that episode, you will remember it too. It's a, yeah. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's it's not on the, the top of my mind at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of obviously this bit of a turning point for her as opposed to an ending then. But, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it's kind of good to see her back. In, in this mode, I think it's interesting to see that other side of her, really, as opposed to just this aggressive side, which we've seen so far. Props to Ruth Williamson. Love her. She's a great actress. And, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm going to say it definitely at least one. I'm not sure if there's another one in between the episode that I'm thinking of, but, uh, oh, for sure. And believe me, when we get to that episode, you're straight away going to be, oh, Ben, of course, how could I forget this episode? So, right. um, yeah. yeah, Mrs. Grubman fans. Stay tuned. We're going to see at least one once more of her. Um, yeah, as you sort of mentioned already, we, we get the the awkward. I think we need to go over it much again. Uh, Sean and Julia explain sex to Annie. Why not? Um, and then we get, yeah, we find out that Kimber's acting has obviously, uh, yeah, been porn. Um, which, I mean, let's be honest, moving forward, it becomes a bit of a storyline for Kimber and okay, it kind of works for us. So clearly this might have been like only like a second or third film or something like that because she gets better at it at some point. So um, keep an eye out for Kimber doing porn. But we it closes out. Um, it's it's kind of interesting how this closes out to go from that scene to then Will was getting baptised. We get that really kind of sad score music in the background that we've had in sort of some very sad scenes already in Nip Tuck. And um, basically, at this point on, James has decided that he's going to go home, tell his wife and sons that he has another child. And we get this really kind of intense sort of dramatic scene between the two of him, you know, him and Christian, who looks amazing in that white suit. Can we just point out, I I like Julian McMahon in a white suit. Um, There's my hashtag feminism girl thoughts there for our our women listeners who are still listening and and our our gay listeners. Everyone who likes men, basically, Ben. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, 
am I going? Talk about the scene. Um, and we get this dramatic scene, basically. Any time, if you want me to, to jump in and save your ass, <laughs> just let me know. And again, I have the power to edit half this crap out and re-say it, but I don't. I'm just lazy. No, no, we've established that. Oh, God, every time I've got into trouble in any of my podcasts, it could have been prevented by me just hitting the edit button. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think we've done, like, ten episodes live in the history of all our podcasts. Like, I'm not on Edge Radio right now, Ben. I can edit this out. Um, (laughs) Talk about the dramatic scene. It's a good scene, Ben. It's not funny. Uh, Yeah, James has basically said he's going to take the baby back home, uh, Wilbur back home. And Christian, you know, you know, can I have my son back, please? You know, he's not your son. Uh, and Christian's like, you know, you, I won't let this happen. So he's got no choice. You know, deeply sorry. Uh, you can be the godfather. It's not the same. And off he walks out. Out he goes. And we obviously end up with a uh, sad Christian crying. It's sort of a very dramatic way to, to end a very kind of up and down episode with, with emotions. But I think it, it works very well. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm I'm totally in agreement there. And like this is, you know, it's not quite hitting the highs that we had in that that first season and, you know, that church scene there, but it's not that far off. And I think it, it's really good. And I think um, anytime you see kind of Christian in that kind of vulnerable state, you know, I think it's amazing. So, and he does such a good job of it. Just again, like his facial reactions sell it to you just as much as, as anything he's saying. And, you know, I mean, I, I really, really enjoy this scene. It, it, for me, this is what makes it, th- this makes this episode for me. You know, I think if we hadn't had this episode, I might be rating it differently because I think this is an absolute killer scene. And, you know, Julian McMahon just delivers again. And it, it's just a joy to watch, really. Completely agree. Completely agree. But, uh, yeah, we're at the end of the episode. There we go. That is uh, Mrs. Grubman, uh, episode four of season two. Uh, before we kind of move ahead and look towards our next episode, we've obviously got to buy it, rent it, or bin it. Nick, what are you doing with uh, Mrs. Grubman, the actor, uh, the the <laughs> the title, not the uh, the character? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I think um, for me, I think what I've just said around that final scene is is kind of what's going to nail it as a buy for me. Um, you know, I kind of when I when I kind of went through this this episode piece by piece, I, I was thinking, oh, this is a rent. You know, it's a, it's a, it's an okay episode. There's some good moments, but for me, I don't think it's an absolutely critical episode, but I think everything you get from Mrs. Grubman um, and then the stuff between James and, and Christian, I think, is is just killer. Like, it's just so good. And, um, you know, obviously we've got a lot of setup for, for stuff that's going to be important down the road too. Um, you know, the, the Kimber stuff and having Kimber back on the scene, I think, is really good. You know, for me, the whole Annie thing, like, I don't think that's hugely great um but it's still really interesting and i think any any episode where we get a little bit of of annie is is worth kind of watching so for me i definitely think it's a buy i really enjoy what we've got going on here it feels pretty kind of focused and sometimes you don't get that we kind of get lots of you know one of the things i don't like on some of these episodes is there's lots of quick cuts and lots of little scenes where i think we get lots of longer scenes where things kind of play out a little bit more um, and, you know, I think for me, the, the real sweet spot on the show is when you get long scenes with Christian and somebody, you know, that's kind of where I think the show is at its absolute strongest. And you, you actually get that kind of three or four times in this episode. So it's an easy buy for me when I put it into into those terms. Yeah, look, I'm on the buy it page uh, purely because of Annie. Uh, no, there's more there's more to it than just any uh yeah i agree with everything you said i think it's kind of as i said said at the beginning of the episode i think it's one of these ones where there's a lot going on but they just they manage it so beautifully just the way it kind of is edited and just everything along with it so um and yeah like 
as you sort of mentioned too, it's not one that I guess on the grand scheme of Nip Tuck really adds a whole lot to the whole storyline. I mean, I guess you would argue the the Wilbur storyline, your Kimber, of course, and um, you know even just a subtle reference to Matt Naver. And um, but yeah, I think this is just one of those episodes which is kind of a you don't like if you for some reason this episode was corrupted on your DVD, like you're not gonna you know lose out on the overall plotline of season too much, but still it's worth a, a watch. Um, so you're not gonna you're not gonna do a um you're not gonna do a Perez and you're not gonna rent it, but not yeah, watch yes. it. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Uh, our dear old uh, Perez co-host on our uh, Survivor New Zealand recaps who decides to rent things but never watch them. Um, so, <laughs> go figure. It's a New Zealand thing, apparently. But, yeah, buy it. Buy it for me. Uh, it's interesting, Nick, we're uh, this far into Nip Tuck and none of us binned any episodes yet. So, yeah, there you go. I think that's probably to be expected in the first two to potentially three or four seasons. I think probably as we get a little bit further down this, there's going to be a couple of episodes where we really wish we hadn't seen them. Yeah. But, you know, I think I think at that point, we're, we're actually still a long way from that. And, um, you know, we're actually going to, we're starting to kind of head towards what I think is peak Nip Tuck. You know, the next kind of, maybe not the next episode, but, you know, we're really starting to get there in the next few episodes of what I think really makes the show sparkle. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, that sounds kind of horrible because when you say kind of peak, then you're kind of assuming that we're on the downward trend. But I, I think the very, very best episodes are, are kind of just around the corner, and that's pretty exciting. I would agree. Uh, definitely. I mean, we're only a couple of episodes away from probably the, the most famous storyline in all of Nip Tuck begins in a couple of episodes, which obviously takes us through, a, you know, a good season and a half, which some people might sort of think, oh, crap, that sounds shit, but it's done very well but uh, we'll get to that still a few episodes away our next episode uh entitled joel gideon now this is kind of an interesting episode i always forget this i thought i always feel this is a, an episode that's in a, a later season i forget it's kind of in an earlier season but uh basically sean uh he's in a car accident let's just point it that way and uh he meets people and does things that kind of are very anti-sean like um so if you're a fan of seeing sean do different things if you're a fan of uh, people with weird things on their faces, and if you're a fan of sharks, um, you'll enjoy the next episode. I don't know if you've got anything to add on our next episode. Yeah, I mean, I guess we, we also get into um, a bit of the stuff with um, Christian and Gina and the Sutherlands and all that kind of stuff, so that's that's quite fun as well. I mean, uh, one of the things we probably forgot to really point out on this episode is there's a lot of talk about Gina, but you actually don't see Gina on you're this right, episode. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's always great to have her back on screen. And I and I noticed too, actually, the special guest star at the beginning of this episode, the credits, uh, had Famke Jansen listed as a as a special guest star. So she doesn't appear. So I I, I kind of got to assume that there must have been a scene that like a deleted scene because it seems very weird that if you're not a main cast on the opening credits that you're still listed as a special guest star. If you know what I mean. So I'm assuming there was a deleted yeah. scene along the way. Yeah, yeah, no, that kind of, that figures to me as well, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll hopefully she'll be back soon because we miss our fam, K. And if you miss us, if you miss any of these episodes, of course, you can head to iTunes, you can head to, uh, what are the other ones, Stitcher, I know what I'm talking about, Ben, and of course, Spotify, we're on Spotify now, why not? Um, just search for the Oz Network, you can rate us on there, subscribe, do everything else there, complain about how sexist, misogynist bastards we are after this episode. Um, well, and you know, you know, Ben, it, it, it is ironic that we're on Spotify during the episode where, where Annie spotifies their underwear, oh, so, you know. Oh, Nick went there, so it's not just me, alright. Um, edit that out, edit that out. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> 
Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and uh, email us, yellsnetwork at hotmail.com if you've got any comments on NipTuck, uh, you know, favourite bits from the episode, uh, least favourite bits, uh, and hashtag we need more Annie, because let's be honest, this is the only reason why we both bought this episode, because Annie was the star. Uh, thank you for your company. We'll be back shortly for our next episode of our NipTuck rewatch. Until then, my name is Ben, and you're acting like a little asshole. And I'm Nick, and we got through this episode faster than shit goes through a goose. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.